0: Well, welcome to the Deeper Dive Podcast. Each week we take a deeper look at the text we covered in worship on Sunday, we do that by discussing things like historical settings and literary contexts, the way others before us have read the text, and our own reflective approach to reading that same text. Well, today we're talking about and following up on uh, the Why Jesus series, and specifically uh, uh, the I Am statements of Jesus, and looking today at the I Am the Bread of Life. So. Yeah be a fun, fun discussion. We don't have any donuts here, unfortunately. So
1: no, but I did bring, um, uh, uh, ran through Hardee's and an extra six Hardee's biscuits <laughs> with, uh, cinnamon biscuits with icing fell into my sack and I brought them along. So. Sure.
0: That's kind of like the donuts of the office usually.
1: That's right. Yeah. that's right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. It was, uh, it was fun, though, Sunday morning, because after 10.30 service, and I carried that big bowl of donuts out, there was eight donuts left uh, <laughs> after everybody got their baggie and filled some up and took them home.
0: Wow. Did you, it's kind of like uh, the, the feeding of the 5,000. I thing, know. You know yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. Because I thought we were going to have donuts at our ears after Sunday morning. Yeah. Like we, yeah. we did. Yeah. You know guys that. did a good job eating donuts. Excellent. Nothing there.
0: Well, what do we want to talk about today here? A couple ahead? things
1: I had in the sermon notes that I did not get to. Uh, and um, one of them was uh, just an interesting statement that Augustine made. Um, I don't know how many of you are familiar with him. Uh, his background was um, he had a, a Christian mom um, – a pretty, pretty staunch, strict Christian mom, as I recall. Yes. Uh, and Dad was not. And yep. so when uh, he got of age, where he got out, my assumption is in college, um, probably got out and on his own. Uh, he cast aside his mother's teachings and went on to live a pretty uh, raucous life for a while. Yes, it was. It's interesting. I was reading one uh, one story about him, and they said said that uh, he and his friends had a concubine together. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't know that has those names had been used yeah. since a long time ago. But anyway, out of that, he became a father. Yes. And, uh, but I don't know. I, I I couldn't find anything else that said whether he accepted that responsibility or he just went on. I don't know.
0: I, you know, I, I'm not sure. Um about that. I'd have to look look that up a little bit more. I don't know off the top of my head. But we're talking about someone from three, four hundred BC here, by the way. Right. For those of you right. <laughs> this is a long time uh, ago. So we yeah, we concubines were still in fashion and fashion in some way. back then, I guess. <laughs> in some yeah. Way. If you don't know what a concubine is, you can look that up on yeah. your own. That's
1: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um he um he made an interesting statement that I came across. I guess in 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 some form probably without knowing it was him for years. I and to a degree, I think I still do ascribe to that statement. And that statement is: there is a God-shaped vacuum inside of us, uh, and there is nothing that will fill that vacuum but God Himself. Right. Um, and um, I, uh, you know, I I have said for years what I've been teaching on. Um, uh, training folks to share their faith and how to share their faith and several times uh, was the teacher of uh, bigger evangelistic crusades and how to follow up with people afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my premise is that um, people will continue to search until they find that vacuum in their heart filled. Um, I'm a Christian and so I have this strong 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 bias that only God can fill that vacuum and right. only can be filled through Jesus. Um, and, uh, right,
0: and that's what Augustine is saying, is mm-hmm. that he's been, he he looked for, much like the writer of Ecclesiastes, looked for all of these things, these these longings that could not be fulfilled and the things that he initially thought they could be. And so, um, to, to talk about his past is not to be, you know, just salacious for salaciousness sake, mm-hmm. but to say he really was a genuine seeker after uh, that uh, deep satisfaction uh, that that he said only comes with, um, the acknowledgement of God and the reception of God into, um, into your, into your life. And it's, um, you know, he talks about it as a a shape that only God can fill. It's a very unique, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, shape. Anything else will be like putting, you know, a square peg in a a round hole. It, it just will not fit. You can try as much as you want, but it's it's impossible by design. Is, mm-hmm. is what he's trying to say is that it uh, satisfaction uh, doesn't come from your own desire to make that work. Um, it really comes with a a reception
1: of um, the thing that was built to work. You know, from the beginning. Yeah, I think sometimes Ecclesiastes has been um, shortchanged in in in. Theology classes are in teachings are, uh, but it was really Solomon's journey to say I tried everything, right? I tried it all. Right. I had it all, and I could buy it all, right? And nothing, yeah, satisfied me,
0: right? Well, and we get so you know sometimes um, as people on the other side of those journeys, um, or uh, even if people haven't taken that kind of a journey if they've done it in small pieces whatever the the situation we we sometimes get a little uh judgy you know Mm -hmm. about people who are in the middle of that and that's certainly not the not the case of ecclesiastes he just says you know this is what i found at the end like it wasn't like uh he doesn't get too too bogged down in the He's like, let me try to give you some shortcuts here, but same thing with the the parable of the prodigal son, uh, when Jesus tells it the father's like, I'm glad you're back. It right. wasn't a now, what have you been doing and why you know, there's a there's a sense where we kind of get uh, a little too bogged down in the, the details of the of the pre searching mm-hmm. um, instead of the, the celebration of the <laughs> the thing found. Well everybody's
1: and life and everybody's journey is different. Right. You know, um I was fortunate to have been born into a family that church was a part of our values from before I was born into the right. family, but not everybody has that. Yeah, uh, and everybody, not everybody has that background. One of my right. uh, one of my good friends in seminary was from a Jewish background, strong Jewish background, mm-hmm. and we uh, we. Uh, he he found Christ, but we spent lots of time talking about that journey that he had, Sure, yeah. uh, as well as another good friend of mine, <laughs> Steve, he, bless his heart, his journey led him through being dumped in a cornfield one night at 2 o'clock in the morning, his friends thinking that he was dead yeah. because he was so drunk and strung out and high, right. and what that did when he finally figured out some things. Right, yeah. But I think I, – I really think that the da- more dangerous ones uh, – or the, the more dangerous journeys are the ones that we have when things are going along pretty good. Yeah, You know, I, <laughs> I, I, I had a pretty good life. I was fairly successful at whatever I did. Right. And while money was not uh, plentiful around our house mm-hmm. – um, I didn't find myself in trouble. I didn't find. I found the. In fact, the little old ladies would pass. Little, old, the little sisters of the church of elder years would pat me on the head and tell me how good I was. Right. Which almost at times impeded a, recogni- a recognition.
0: Oh yeah. Well, that just takes us to the other side. The other. The other half of that, um, you know, uh, lost son or lost sons parable. You mm-hmm. know where. You uh, might not be the younger son, but you might be the older, the older brother there who right. is uh, just not aware of the goodness around them because they they think they're too good, <laughs> you know,
1: and because they've earned it, and be- sure, And well, because that of that yeah. word good, mm-hmm. that's almost as much of a barrier sometimes that I'm a good person and my striving for that. Uh, I think sometimes human religion. And I think that was part of the conversation that was going on between Jesus and those that followed him across the lake. Mm -hmm. They were looking for what they could do. Right. Um, Yeah. Whether it was follow another sacrificial ritual or go to the temple more often or whatever it was. And Jesus said, no, you're pretty strongly said you're missing the point here. Yeah, yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway, um, the other thing that I, I put this word in the bulletin, fully intended, because it's an attribute of God, and mm-hmm. I, uh, after, after a week ago when I was talking about his immutability, I was playing with the idea in my head, do I have enough time every week to describe a little piece of I am with one of his attributes? I guess Sunday morning the answer to that was no, because no. I never got to it. <laughs> yeah. But the word is aseity, a s e i t y, mm-hmm. and uh, it means self sufficient, right? Uh, and God is self sufficient. I don't know that we comprehend that. And again, that comes, it comes from our theology of God or our beliefs about God, right? Um, the fact that He was an existence. Of course, I wasn't around back then, so I'm taking somebody else's word. And the interesting thing was that yeah. nobody else was around before <laughs> the creation of the world. Right. Um, but that he always was, always, uh, is, and always will be. Right. But that he does not need us. That's one of the interesting pieces to that. He does not need this world to be who he is. Neither does Jesus, neither does the Holy Spirit.
0: Right. Yeah, There's. A, it's a uh – not necessary dependence Mm -hmm. so there's a sense in which um, so when you started that when you think about that as a a, uh, God is that which everything else is dependent on um, but need not be dependent on any of those other things Um, but when you uh, talk about the the Trinitarian life and the incarnation then all of a sudden you get a a flip-flop of that where uh, even in God's uh, uh, necessary assiduity, so He doesn't need uh, to have any dependence, He uh, takes on the the very form and shows us what interdependence looks like in mm-hmm. the life of the Trinity and in the incarnation and the work of the Spirit. Um, so it's a it's one of those uh, all, all of the above kind of wonderful moments where. Uh, you see this ground of being that that has no need of other but mm-hmm. yet in the most um intimate and loving way uh imaginable uh father son and Holy Spirit are dependent on one another they choose to do that in their in their um self sufficiency they choose uh interdependence mm-hmm. which is a uh, uh, it should blow your mind a little bit. It's a paradox where you say, "It's how can that be both?" Well, it is. <laughs> it is because it's God. <laughs> well, it is, uh, and, uh, and it does make mm-hmm. sense after a while. But it is a, um, it's one of these uh, logical puzzles that uh, uh, helps us, I think, be more in tune with who God is, and doesn't provide us uh, simply with a, an easy answer. Right. You know. Right. And the more we chew on that, the the better and closer we become uh, to God, I think.
1: The more um, that I uh, wrap my head around His self sufficiency, the more that uh, the more that I, uh, I I walk down this path of why does He want us, and right. the deeper in awe of Him, our gratitude is that He does. Yeah. And it was it went to to the extremes that He went to, so that He might indeed. Uh, have relationship with us.
0: Right. And, the you know, one of the reasons why um, this is such an important um, uh, characteristic of God is when you think about, uh, especially God in um, the ancient world and the other competing ideas of what it means to be uh, a God, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot uh, – mo- most of the uh, other kinds of um, religious practices – of other peoples in that time, would, they would have had a, a, at least a slightly or majorly dependent God on them. So, uh, the gods needed the sacrifices. The gods needed your um, your work in this area in order to do something for you. So there was this very kind of back and forth um, relationship, and so there was a, a kind of a dependence baked in. And uh, the revelation that comes through through Israel is that. God is not like that. God uh, cannot be bribed by our, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, our sacrifices. God cannot be um, swayed from his purposes um, by our, uh, you know, uh, cunningness, I guess, Um, which is what you see a lot in other kinds of ancient religions is how can we coax or how can we um, convince the gods to do our will? Mm-hmm. And uh, Israel uh, learns very quickly that that God isn't like that. He is uh, self sufficient. Um, there is no uh, there is no reason for him to be dependent on anything else mm-hmm. because he made it all, and so mm-hmm. it all comes from him. Yeah,
1: I uh, I've had some fun in my own little world, in my own little mind, in my own little study at home uh, during this series, thinking about a lot of different things. Uh, one of the things that uh, most of the time I choose not to do unless it comes bubbling up out of some deep, dark place is that uh, I choose just simply not to condemn other beliefs and other gods and other faiths, if you will, other religions, okay. um, because that is the gift of God is the free choice we have to choose. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need to build our God up by trashing somebody else. Um uh, I read an article this week uh, where somebody was uh, trashing not our church but the United Methodist Church in general, and sure. I really wanted to say, what, "Do you feel better now?" Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, yeah, there's lots of things about our faith that I don't understand. There's even more about our God that I don't understand. But uh, I I wake up every morning and and I choose this relationship and I choose to worship this God and I choose to follow these words of Jesus and i think that's just a part of the faith experience whatever yeah. our faith is but for me it's a for well, for me it's just a daily thing it sometimes an hourly kind of thing because uh, i there are times when i have the same questions other people have when we're dealing with things al and i were just praying in the chapel over the folks with cancer you know yeah. and the, the fact that they've had it two or three times and those who right. are in those final stages and uh I don't understand all of that, but I still believe there's more hope in the God that I serve and love right. than I found any place else. So, anyway, I just hope you'll find some place this friend or this week, friends, that you'll uh, you'll come to the bread of life and let Him feed you uh, on something better than uh, sugar wrapped donuts on a Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we'll be back next
0: week with uh, uh, another I am statement, which is I am the gate and the good shepherd. So until then, grace and peace.